It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome into the show, fuckers. It is April 6th. I don't know what day it is. And we are here to recap UFC 260, Miocic versus Nganu 2. Uh, I realized that that happened probably eight days ago. Uh, but better late than ever, you know. Uh, I'm taking a, a page out of uh, most governmental organizations and doing things very inefficiently and in a manner that would hurt my uh, company. But I'm not uh, funded by taxpayers, so uh, I'm only hurting myself. But uh, yeah, better better late than never. So we're here to, we're here to recap UFC 260. Uh, the reason we didn't do it last week is because the mailman is very busy, very very busy with his new job. Uh, the mailman works and then he sleeps and uh, yeah the mailman also got incredibly sick the last four days uh, so the mailman lost his voice as well which you know is his uh, calling card so either I was way too busy to do the show or I was way too sick to do the show when I did have the time when I was sick uh, so this is the first day that I actually have my voice back and work wasn't uh, too crazy so you know, we're doing it. As long as it's before the, the next UFC event, you know, we really got bailed out by the fact there was no UFC event last Saturday. Uh, so, you know, that kind of saved us a little bit. I mean, yeah, there was Bellator. Uh, yeah, Pitbull got fed another can. Yeah, who fucking cares? Uh, don't don't care at all about Bellator. Tyrell Fortune got a win. Yeah, that's good for him. Good for him. Uh, I don't even know who's in. Oh, the ass-kicking machine got a win in the co-main event. That yeah, was pretty pretty cool. One of the most boring fights I've ever seen. Uh, mostly because Neiman Gracie... I mean, need I say more? I mean, the Gracie family is the most boring MMA fighters of all time. Uh, and that's, you know, that's just a fact. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, we're, we're here to recap this. Gotta get my bearings uh, straight here. Uh, so, as always, a little bit of housekeeping because we did, ha- we did have the, um, the main card showdown, obviously... Uh, it's been such a long time. That was the March World Grand Prix. Uh, obviously, I won. I beat Drew. Not even, not even close. Round three KO. Another KO. Another title offense. Another win over the locomotive. Pfft, that's the tri. That's the that's the Owen trifecta. A win over Drew. A knockout and a title defense. Pfft, just another day at the office for the mailman. Uh, we had uh, Francis. Francis beating Hooverman, so Francis gets his first medal. Reagan's kind of fallen off a little bit. I don't, I don't know. He's six ten and three. He's fallen off, man. So many people are falling off. We had uh, uh, Quincy the Dab Man getting his first victory uh, over. Let's see, Grand Poo. My website, it's it's wonderful, but the main card showdown section is it's a little clustered. It's hard to tell sometimes. So yeah, Quincy the Dab Man gets a win over Grand Poo. Not that impressive, but, you know, you got to start off somewhere. Uh, Rick beat Jerry, uh, which shocked the fuck out of me. Beat him by seven points. If uh, if he would have had one more point, that would have been tied for a record, obviously set by the mailman for the largest uh, margin in a victory for a five-round fight and a seven-round fight, too. 
but yeah, good good for Rick. I mean, Rick has just been terrible at this. I mean, he was one in five coming into this one, and his picks aren't even that bad to be honest. I don't know how he I don't know how he's two and five. Uh, I mean, a couple of them are just you know crack smoking picks like picking uh, uh, Megan Anderson, Megan Anderson to beat uh, Amanda Nunes. But other than that, his picks have actually been pretty fine. He's he's just been really. Uh, unlucky, but you know he beat a squirrel. We will have more squirrels because the squirrels had babies, uh, so we will have more squirrels in the main card showdown. Uh, I know uh, baby Grampu, uh, probably Moobs, uh, will make his debut. Uh, we got we got a couple of other ones, but more squirrels are going to make their debut uh, as we continue to expand the the roster. You know, because Jordan doesn't do this anymore. Uh, oh, I guess Paige did it last event, two events ago. Uh, but, you know, people people fall out. Bree hasn't done it since 2013. So, you know, we, you know, it's a transition period. But, you know, obviously, Mailman's still the top. So that's the only thing that matters. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm, obviously, I'm still in the lead for uh, all-time medal count. Uh, I'll never I'll never not be. I mean, I mean, you know, the lead is just massive. Nobody's going to catch me. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. F- maybe Francis. Actually, you know what? Peyton, if, Pey- if Peyton can get to get his picks in this Saturday, he gets a title fight. I mean, he's eight and five. Peyton just loves knockouts. Peyton's had two knockouts in a row. Uh, that's obviously uh, tied for the record for the longest knockout streak. I mean, at two, but getting a knockout's pretty hard. Uh, he's sure as fuck not going to get three if he faces me. I'll tell you that much. It'll be three knockouts in a row, but he's going to be getting knocked out this Saturday if, if you know, if he's man enough to to step up to the mailman. But uh, yeah, probably probably him. Maybe maybe Francis if if Peyton can't go. But yeah, I don't know. We need we need some new blood. I mean, I, I you know Jerry got a title shot. Grandpa no Grandpa hasn't had a title shot. Never mind. He's still the only one who hasn't had a title shot of the regulars. Um, yeah, pretty much it. I could just go on and on about the main card showdown. Showdown, obviously the most interesting thing uh, in in sports. Uh, so, yeah, we'll start here in the main event. Obviously, Francis and Ganu. If you haven't heard by now, if you haven't heard, uh, you know, fucking eight days later or whatever, fucking nine days later, yeah, Francis and Ganu uh, knocks out Stipe in round number two. Uh, just a very well-rounded performance by Nganu. Um, you know, those, those four wins he had in, like, three minutes uh, of combined fight time, I just throw out the Derek Lewis fight. I don't even consider that for, for both of those guys. When you talk about Derek Lewis and when you talk about Francis Ngannou, I, I just throw that fight out, man. It was just such a weird thing. I don't take anything away from those fights, obviously. Uh, so I just there, there are no contests as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, you know, it was tough to see how he improved. Uh, obviously, he was just murdering dudes, but we didn't get to see any improvement in his wrestling. We didn't really even see any improvements in his boxing. Uh, it was just he would go out there and just fucking hit man mafia style execute people and that was pretty much it so you, there still was a lot of question marks uh, around Nganu but you know came out real patient I thought that was really smart that's a new uh, wrinkle to his game you know I think that could be kind of cool um, you know if, if he can kind of use that kind of like a Yoel Romero where you know a uh, you know it's always nice to have a shorter day at the office but you know if he could kind of be one of those burst fighters where you never really know where it's coming that's that's interesting uh, I, you know I mean, it's one thing when you're effective just bum-rushing Jairzinho, but, um, you know, I, I liked him being patient. 
Uh, I, I liked that uh, he stuffed that takedown, stuffed it real, real well with the sprawl. Um, <coughs> and that's really the big thing I take away from that. He's always going to have the one-punch knockout power. Um, never been finished. You're going to have to be perfect to beat Nganu. And to Stipe's credit, the first time around, he was perfect. Stipe did fight the perfect fight. Um, but, you know, now that he has takedown defense, and Stipe's a very good wrestler, too. And it was only one takedown I mean, in the, the, the first time. Um, but no, he's going to be pretty fucking hard to beat if you can't take him down. Because if you're standing with Nganu, like, it's... You might you might get the best of him. Like, you might. You, you could get the best of him for three minutes. But it, it, it literally just takes one shot. And, you know, it's cliche when you, when you say that with a lot of other fighters. But with Nganu, like, it's... You literally just have to be perfect. So, you know, very scary, good for him. Obviously, a crazy, crazy journey to the top. And I don't think it's crazy to think that he could be the greatest heavyweight of all time in a year and a half. I really don't. Because, uh, so Stipe has the record for the most title defenses in a row. Uh, I think it's three. Actually, I know it's three. Uh, and Kanu wants to fight uh, he, he wants to turn around and fight real quick. So, you know, he's not going to fight John Jones anytime soon. So let's just throw that out. That fucking ain't happening. Uh, but say, you know, it's possible if he, if he fights uh, Derek Lewis uh, and actually engages. Oh, okay. You brutally knock out Derek Lewis in July, come back in October, fucking murder somebody else. The heavyweight division is really, really weak right now. It's always been uh, top-heavy and, and, and had a, a lack of depth. But, you know, now that Overeem's gone, JDS is gone. I know they're not exactly in their prime, but, you know, a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of people that are gone, man, and it's just like, well, we got Derek Lewis. We'll see what Cyril Gaon does. I think that would actually be the toughest matchup for Nganu. Uh, I kind of wanted to save that till the end of the main event talking uh, points, but I actually think... The toughest heavyweight fight for Nganu right now on the roster is Cyril Gaon. Um, I'm not saying Gaon would beat him. I would favor Nganu against any heavyweight out there. I think if they fought, Nganu would win. But I'm just saying, uh, Cyril Gaon is a slow-paced fighter. He's very content with taking his time. Uh, the the big thing why I think Gaon has a chance is his his defense is so fucking good. It is so good. He, he will never put himself in a compromising position, and that's exactly what you need with Nganu. He's totally cool, kind of walking people down, not super aggressively, not super aggressively, and he's totally cool fighting backwards. So I think, I think that's, that's going to be the, the, the most interesting one. He, now, Gon's going to have to get better on his takedown defense because he's, he, you know, couldn't really land some of those takedowns against, um, the fuck did he fight? Uh, Dos Santos. But, uh, or no, he fought uh, uh, Jairzinho as well. Um, you know, he's going to have to get better on those. Because the thing is, um, if you're working for a takedown on a lot of fighters, uh, you know, they could just punch you in the side of the head when you're trying to take them down. And a lot of the times, I can't generate that much power. You know, it's pr- it probably doesn't feel good to get punched in the side of the head when you're when you're working on a, on a single leg. Uh, yeah, Stipe tried that against Nganu and got fucking rocked. So, like... Yeah, you don't really want to get hit with uh, some Nganu punches to the side of the head on, on a single leg. Even if it's at an awkward angle, even if it's not full power, you really don't want to take those because they they really will hurt and they really will rock you. Um, so, you know, that's going to have to be something he figures, he figures out because, I don't know, man, I don't think the path to victory is beating Nganu by taking him down. 
I, I think his takedown defense and his wrestling has probably improved greatly. I think you just beat him by by working a boring 25-minute decision. And I know that that's not what anybody wants to see. But if you're a, if you're a heavyweight contender, fuck what people want to see. You want to be champion. And if you want to be champion and you want to beat Nganu, ah, I think you just play it incredibly fucking safe like Cyril Gan would and just f- never put never put yourself in a bad position. Ne- you might... You might win a round by outpunching him fucking eight to six. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just like, that's how that's how is going to have to be beat. You're not going to fucking knock him out. You don't want to get into a firefight with him. You don't want to get caught fucking lunging in on a takedown. You know what I mean? It's just, you're going to have to just outstrike him and just not get hit. But uh, yeah, that's... So it's actually pretty cool that Nganu is a heavyweight champion. Obviously, you feel bad for Stipe because he's a fucking great guy. Um, I don't know what's next for him. You know, if he wants the trilogy, I think he'll get the trilogy. I don't think he'll he'll fight. I think he'll take time off. I, I think what's next is Derek Lewis. And, um, you know, if after... Kind of like how uh, Cormier fought Derek Lewis in between his his trilogy with Miocic. I think Miocic takes some time off. And listen, if he wanted to re- if he wanted to retire, I mean, fuck, he's still the greatest heavyweight of all time. Not even just in the UFC. I mean, if, I mean, if you think Fedor is the greatest heavyweight of all time, you're a fucking clown. You're a jamuk. I, I got. I, I don't have words for you. I mean, dude fought you know Hongman Choi and a bunch of made up fighters for half of his career. And yeah, obviously he did have some good wins against Krokop and guys like that. But yeah, I fought a lot of dummies along the way as well. Um, but yeah, if you wanted to retire, I mean, that's that's up to him. I don't think anybody would blame him. He already has a win over Nganu, so you know what I mean? I don't know. But I don't know where his motivation is uh, for a trilogy with Nganu, especially after a trilogy for Cormier. I mean, Jesus, he would have six, six fights in a row against the fucking, just two of the biggest challenges of all time in any division. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. And then, obviously, uh, Miocic goes down to number one. Uh, Nganu goes up to uh, champ. So, pretty obvious rankings changes there for uh, North Star Sports. Uh, in the co-main event, we had Vincente Luque choking out Tyron Woodley. Uh, a very sad performance. A very sad performance. Tyron Woodley is... Well, John Jones is my favorite fighter of all time, but my second favorite fighter of all time is Tyron Woodley. I fucking love Tyron Woodley. Uh, he went to Mizzou. I went to Mizzou. I think he's actually a pretty... Like, I don't get... Anybody who says Woodley's a boring fighter, you're a fucking idiot. And um, he was the he was the welterweight champ when I became a fan. And uh, second greatest welterweight champ of all time. Definitely a better champ than Matt Hughes. Um, one of the, probably the most underappreciated, misrepresented champion of all time, an all-time great. He is a all-time legend, and it just fucking sucks to see him just get whooped, just get whooped four fights in a row, man. It's crazy to think his last win was Darren Till. He beat Darren Till so fucking bad, and you're just like, holy shit, he's going to be welterweight champ for even long. I mean, he already was welterweight champ at that point for like fucking three years, two and a half years or whatever uh and you know fucking who who would have thought that you know and it is kind of a murderer's row it's not like he's fighting bad fighters 
Um, but I don't know. I think we're done here. I think we're done. I, I think either he goes to Bellator or just retires or... I don't know, man. Because then you're just going down the Johnny Hendricks route, dude. Like, how... Like, okay, you can't beat the champ, so we're going to give you the number one contender in Burns. Oh, you can't beat him. Let's give you another top guy. Okay, now now you're down a tier. Now you're at Luke at Luke's level. Now you're at, like, the second tier of fighters. So what? Do we give him a third tier of fighter? Well, what if he loses there? Like, it's just like... I don't know, man. How long do you want to be a stepping stone? Like, he's just going to become, you know, that former champ that the UFC puts young bulls against to, to beat, to kind of bolster their resume. And I don't want to see that. He was way too good of a champion for them to be doing shit like that. That's just, that. if they do that, that's just dirty. Just dirty. I like that he tried, though. I mean, it, he didn't give in. I mean, those those three fights before this where he lost and he was just getting backed up on whatever, he went out I, see, I respect that about him. He went out fucking swinging, just trying to knock Luke's fucking head off. And, you know, he got knocked out and choked out and, and whatever, but you got to respect it. And, you know, a lot of people will clown, clown Tyron Woodley, but, dude, I, I respect it, man, because, he, dude, if he would have retired after the Usman fight, dude's done everything. He was already a champ. He defended the belt four times. Woodley doesn't have a reason to fight anymore. You know what I mean? Like, dude's made a lot of money. Uh, you can't take away his legacy. Like, these fights don't take away from how dominant he was in 2015 and 16 and 17 and 18. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it, these losses don't take away from his prime. And it's just like, he, he's just going out there to compete or, or because he loves it or whatever. You, you know what I mean? So you got you to respect that. Like, dude could have just packed his lunch and went home and nobody would have fucking said anything. But just totally underrated fighter. Uh, I will defend Woodley forever. I mean, oh man, like even the Damian Maya fight, like, yeah, he he was a one-armed man and beat a fucking probably the best BJJ fighter to ever step into the octagon. Still beat him with one hand. People always say, oh, he didn't throw a lot of strikes. Yeah, because he fucking tore his labrum. You know what I mean? Like that's even more impressive to me. Honestly, the Damian Maya fight is his most impressive performance of all time because he did it one-handed like okay most people would have just fucking tapped out or whatever or it's a doctor stoppage or they go to their corner and complain and they throw in the towel nope still beat a fucking you know the number one guy uh, in the world so i don't know man it's just sad just sad but you know every it, time is a bitch time is a bitch he was he was old when he became champ i think he was the oldest ever uh, guy to become uh, champion, like not the oldest welterweight champion, uh, but the, but when he won the belt, he was the oldest. So whatever, it, it's still pretty and fuck, pretty fucking impressive. You know what I mean? Um, and then for Luke, like I don't know, like a lot of people say, like oh, this was was his breakthrough fight. I don't know, man. Like, and I love Woodley, but like Woodley's a little bit washed. So for anybody who's like, oh, Luke's ready to fight for the belt, no, he just beat a guy who's way past his prime, dude. And I love Luke too. I and I love his style. I've been a big Luke defender for a long time. Um, you know what I mean? But the, the, he still needs another big win over a top guy. Like he needs to beat. He needs to beat Wonder Boy. He needs to, you know, he needs to beat a fucking. A Leon Edwards or a Covington or somebody like that like uh, it's it's encouraging that's definitely his best win uh to date but you know it's let's pump the brakes a little bit on the Luke train here all right all right we'll move on here to the uh the featured bout 
where uh, the human coloring book, Sugar Sean O'Malley, uh, beat Thomas Almeida. Good for him. Uh, don't have a whole lot to say on this one. Uh, they handpicked an opponent who had not won since 2016. It's it's like him beating uh, a small child, basically. That's kind of how what I, how I look at it. It's like, uh, well, there's this very marketable guy who's not a very good fighter at this point. Yeah, fuck, if he becomes champ, I'll fuck, change my opinion. But, you know, a guy who's not really that good at fighting compared to other top 15 fighters. Uh, but he, we, we see money... We see money bags when he fights, and we don't want him to lose two in a row. So who can we put him up against? Oh, Thomas Almeida, the guy who has not won since fucking 2016. So it's like, okay, so you beat you beat a guy who should be fighting in the LFA. You beat a guy who should be fighting fucking in some local promotion. So whatever, man. It was, it was a very impressive performance. He looked good. Uh, he basically knocked out Almeida twice. Almeida's a tough motherfucker as well, so you got to give him credit. But it's like, okay, now now do this against Marab Davalishvili. Now do this against Marlon Vera. Now do this against fucking Song Yudong. Do this against any, Kyler Phillips. Any of those guys. Do it against any of the guys 10 through 15, and I'll give you props. But it's like, okay, like, it, it, blatant as blatant as you possibly could get here is a guy who we are choosing for you to beat uh and and there you go man so good for him he got you got to win that's what you're supposed to do you got to win to to climb up the the rankings but you know i'm not going to give him props for beating a guy who does not belong in the ufc and who will be cut after this fight i promise you almeida is going to get cut All right, moving on here. We had a unanimous decision victory for Miranda Maverick over Jillian Robertson. Uh, kind of a breakout performance there for Maverick. Uh, I, I think she's going to be a force. I know she had a lot of hype coming behind her, uh, coming into the UFC, obviously, after her first victory over uh, uh, Liliana Jojua. Um But, I mean, you guys know you guys know me. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of Jillian Robertson. Uh, very good on the ground, and and that was that was the most impressive part to me. It's not impressive that she outstruck Robertson. Literally all of her opponents out outstrike her. She has one of the worst significant strike differentials, one of the deepest negative significant strike differentials in in the UFC that I've seen. I, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn. I haven't gone through every single fighter, but of the of the fighters that I've seen, one of the worst. But very dangerous on the on the ground. Very good at submissions. And Maverick was taking her down, uh, you know, just out muscling her. She's she's she seems really really big for 125. Even even though she is, uh, I believe she's five foot three. Yeah, five foot three. She looks fucking really big for for 125. So, you know, again, we always say that with uh, young fighters at, at 125 who get wins, it's like, hey, watch out, watch out, because it's it's. Um, it's a division that is not very top heavy. It's kind of deep, but it's deep with people who aren't firmly entrenched in the rankings or or firmly entrenched in anything. Like there's no shortage of interesting young prospects at 125. It's just that's what they are. They're just prospects. We got to see what they do. And you know, the cream will will rise to the top. I think Miranda Maverick is the cream, and I think she'll rise to the top. 
you know, I don't know. There's still going to have to be a lot of improvement, obviously, obviously before, you know, we start talking about her fighting, you know, the, the Lauren Murphys or, or Viviani Araujo's and, and stuff like that. But uh, I would imagine she's probably ranked. She's probably ranked after that win. I don't, I don't know where they would have Robertson ranked. Uh, we obviously ranked uh, Miranda Maverick. I can try to pull that up, but I think, uh, I think she's like number 14 now. Uh, in the 125 division, but um, no, uh, that's really somebody to watch out for. And then for Robertson, man, I don't fucking know. I, I don't know. Uh, the, there's a lot to like about her. There's a lot to like about her her coaching staff. I mean, coached by Dean Thomas. She's only 25, and she she just you know she has some good performances, and then she just has some real shitty ones. Just some fucking real shitty ones. Like the, you know the Courtney. Uh, Casey performance was awesome uh, you know I liked her against Sarah Frodo Molly McCann but you know then she'll just have like well we'll get knocked out by Macy Barber we'll get totally out grappled and outstruck by Talia Santos and Miranda Maverick and it's like you know that's the that's the one thing that sticks out to me for Jillian Robertson if she can't take you down and dictate where the fight takes place she's just gonna get worked she's gonna catch catch that work so uh, I, I don't know, man. There's there's a whole lot to work with there, but there's just a whole lot to fix, man. A lot of glaring holes uh, in Jillian Robertson's game. All right, moving on to the main card opener. Uh, we had a 46-second knockout from Jamie Malarkey over Kama Worthy. Uh, I got fucked again on Kama Worthy. I, I'm just done picking... Uh, Nothing against Kama Worthy, but I just hope he's never on a main card ever again. I wish him all the success in the world. I just hope he's never on a main card where I have to pick him in a in a fight. That's four UFC fights for Kama Worthy. I've picked every single one wrong. I picked against him uh, his first two fights, and then I picked for him his next two, and just fucking completely wrong. I can't win with this guy. Uh, and not very good when you lose to a guy who's 0-2 in the UFC and you get knocked out in 46 seconds got knocked out very quickly against Otman Azaitar, so, you know, there's a little bit of a hole there in uh, Kama Worthy's game when it comes to getting knocked out very early. You know, for for Jamie Malarkey, didn't see that coming. I, you know, in his two fights against Brad Riddell and, and uh, Ferry Siam, I'd never seen anything from Malarkey that I've ever committed to memory, so nothing significant, but uh, no, it was a pretty good knockout. Good for him. Gets the win. Uh, I believe he got the bonus as well, and, um, yeah, good for him. And then for Combo Worthy, fucking, I don't know, man. You just need to win at this point. All right, moving on here to the prelim headliner. Uh, we had a 71-second submission from Alonzo Menafield on Fabio Charant. Um, obviously, Menafield was supposed to win that fight. We well, was supposed to fight William Knight. That fell through. Charant uh, was the LFA uh, heavyweight, or, uh, light heavyweight champion, excuse me, and basically just gifted the submission to Menafield. Uh, easy, easy work for Menafield. Uh, you know, cool to see a, a submission, but he, he really didn't have to work for it that much. It was just kind of given to him. He's got a new nickname, Atomic. Uh, I think that's very stupid. Uh, I don't like that uh, nickname. But uh, very, very dangerous fighter. And uh, I don't want to overreact too much to his first uh, submission victory. But, you know, that's a... Uh, or in the UFC, excuse me. Uh, you know, but that's a, that's a new wrinkle to his game. So, you know good for him he could knock you out real quick or he could choke you out real quick so um 
I don't know what's next for him. I say just just book him against William Knight again. That, that, that's what I say. I, I really want to see that fight. That's that's the fight that the people want to see. Just two people built like a shed. Just two sheds going to fight each other. All right, we'll move on here. Uh, we had a unanimous decision victory for Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov over Jared Gooden. Uh, I don't I don't even really remember a whole lot from this fight. I remember uh, Nurmagomedov uh, outstruck him, which was interesting because uh, he, he's not really a stand-up guy. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I would have figured Jared 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 Gooden, excuse me, would have made the fight a little closer, especially after his last performance um, against. Uh, oh fuck! What's his name? I could see his face. Oh, that's gonna bug me. I gotta I gotta figure that out. Uh, oh, Alan Joban. That's yeah, Alan Joban. Um, you know, I figured he would have made it more of a dog fight. Well, it wasn't a very good fight for uh, Jared Gooden, and uh, you know, it was a, it was it's been a good uh, week for Nurmagomedov's. You know, because that uh, whatever the other Nurmagomedov got a win, Usman Nurmagomedov got a win over in Bellator, uh, which was a, a pretty good fight. I enjoyed watching. Uh, I enjoyed watching that one. All right, moving on, we had a split decision victory for Mihail Olechechuk over Modestus Bukowskis. Uh, Bukowskis definitely won that fight. I don't know what the fuck the judges were doing. The second it took a while for them to kind of deliberate and, and figure out what's going on, I, I knew that Bukowskis got fucked over. Um, and the second I heard it was a split decision, I, I knew he was, was just going to get fucked over. Um, I'd like to pull up MMA decisions, if I could. Um, you never know if my internet will allow me, but I'd love to know what the esteemed members of the MMA media uh, had to say about this one. Uh, one of them, Matthew Wells, uh, had it 29-28 for Olitsechuk, and the other 20 had it for Bukowskis. So... That's bordering on a robbery. I don't throw that word around a lot. I like to use it sparingly because when I say robbery, I like to mean it. Um, that that might have been a robbery. That I don't know how the fuck they thought Ole Jacek won that fight. Yes, he was moving forward. Uh, that's the last criteria. Like, you, you know when they go over, like, at the beginning of every show, they go over the rules of the octagon and they explain, uh, you know, three judges score the round uh, and, you know, with the winner getting 10 and stuff like that, the last criteria is octagon control, as in it's the last thing you should fucking weigh. So, hey, you know, Ole Jacek was getting punched in the head, and, you know, of course, sure he got outstruck, but he was he still was walking forward. So if you just walk forward, you win the fight. You know what I mean? doesn't matter if you get fucking cracked in the head with a leg kick, and, you know, it doesn't matter if you get outpunched 300 to, to 70, you know, if you're walking forward, you're, you're winning the fight, you know what I mean? It's just whoever walks, walks forward. So, you know, that's fucking stupid. These judges have no idea what they're doing, and they, uh, you know what, fuck it, they robbed Bukowskis of a win. And Bukowskis, you know, he's my homie, you know what I mean? I like watching him fight, you know, he's a, he's a good fighter, you know? Yeah, he kind of got smoked. He kind of got smoked by Jimmy Croup, but, you know, Jimmy Croup's a, uh, you know, very, very good fighter. I think uh, he could be a title contender in, in the next, you know, six months. But, you know, kind of put a beating on Andreas Mikolaitis, you know what I mean? So, 
I don't know, that's just bullshit. And, uh, you know, that's one of those things, man, where because you're incapable of, of scoring a fight, you just fucked over a guy's career. Like, you know what I mean? That's... <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, shit like that really does matter for you. You're fucking with people's careers. So, I don't know. I don't have anything against Ole J. Chuck, but definitely fucking lost that fight. Uh, and then we had a, a win for Omar Morales over Shane Young. Don't even remember that fight. Inconsequential. And then a, uh, a knockout win for Marc-Andre Barrio over uh, Abu Azaitar. Uh, pretty brutal finish. I-, I thought he knocked him out on the feet, but apparently it was just uh, Abu picking up his mouthpiece I think he just got hit so hard in the fucking head he forgot he was in a fight and went to pick up his mouthpiece and you know kind of got finished so you know just just kind of a weird uh, finishing sequence there and I thought he was getting I thought he was getting the better of Barrio at the beginning but he just really really fucking gassed out or just got hit too much and and then gassed out I don't know what the fuck happened with uh as a Zytar but you know I don't know, good, good for Marc-Andre Barrio, you know what I mean? Uh, again, like I said on the preview show, uh, you know, one of the hottest prospects outside of the UFC before he got signed, and then, you know, had three straight losses in a row. So, um, yeah, not a very good fighter, not a very good fighter, um, but, you know, he's getting... He's get, well, actually, that was his first win, because his win over uh, Oscar Pihota was a no contest, because I think he uh, failed a drug test. So, yeah whatever good for him good for him i like canada i got a canadian flag in my basement so you know what i mean i'm basically canadian at, at this point uh I, I wouldn't i wouldn't turn down dual citizenship uh let me quickly go to uh, the ufc rankings north star sports ufc rankings uh to see if there's any other rankings changes that i missed okay so luke goes from 10 to 8 woodley from 8 to 10 uh Let's see here. Uh, Miranda Maverick is actually 13, not 14. Robertson goes from 13 to 14. And Lee from 14 to 15. Antonina Shevchenko from 15 to not ranked. And um, in the pound-for-pound rankings, uh, Nganu becomes champ. So he moves from number 8 to number 4. Miocic moves from 4 to 7. And then Volkanovski drops a spot from 7 to 8. So the the top ten there for the pound for pounds uh, is uh, Khabib, John Jones, Usman, Nganu, Blahovich, Adesanya, Miocic, Volkanovski, Poirier, and Figueredo. So you can find those at NorthStarSports.media. But for now, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody.